0: On WAJR
1: AM and FM, this is the Talk of the Town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free, 1-800-765-8255. Now, here are your hosts for the Talk of the Town, Dave Wilson and Sarah Giosi.
2: Good morning. Welcome into the program, Talk of the Town with Dave and Sarah. Hope you're having a fine start to your Thursday. Lots to get to today, bottom of the hour. Morgantown City Councilman Ron Delaney will join us. We're going to talk about the city's approach and his approach to trying to deal with the homelessness issue in Morgantown. We'll talk to him bottom of the hour. We'll also make time for your calls, texts, and tweets as well. At 800 765 talk 800 That is the phone number. You can text us at 304-talk304. And of course, we are on Twitter as well at Dave and Sarah A.M. is our Twitter handle. Uh, but first, oh uh, but first, I gotta say good morning. Almost forgot. How could I forget to say good morning to Sarah Giosi?
3: Good morning, Dave. How are you? Pretty good.
2: Good. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, earlier this week.
3: <laughs> A lot to do.
2: <laughs> uh, Marion County delegate Mike Caputo held a, an event, a campaign kickoff. He'll be running for the state Senate seat that will open up with um, Marion County Senator Roman Prezioso's retirement. Joining us on the program this morning is Delegate Caputo. Good morning, Mike.
4: Good morning. Thanks for having me. I appreciate
2: it. Hey, thanks for coming on this morning. How long have you been thinking about uh, running for the state Senate?
4: Uh, well... Uh, to be brutally honest with you the thought process started when uh, uh, my good friend Senator Prezioso announced he wasn't seeking re-election because I never expected to hear that it was uh, very uh, surprising and shocking to me uh, to be honest with you I thought he was going to certainly run for another term it wasn't even on my radar screen at that point Dave y-
2: you know Mike one of the things we heard from Roman and we heard Tim Miley talk about this as well is how the, the atmosphere has changed in politics. And it, it seems to kind of wear on, on you guys who have to go down to Charleston and, and it feels like you got to be one side or the other and there's no room to meet in the middle anymore. Do you see those same type of things I, when you, when you I, go to I Charleston?
4: Do. I, I do. The, the the atmosphere, I, you know, I've been here a long time, Dave, as you know, and I, I've watched the atmosphere really, really change from an attitude to let's try to find some middle ground because a lot of the votes that we had, quite frankly, in the House and you know, I, and I'm not accusing one side or another, so we're both guilty. So, but a lot of votes used to be 99 to one, 98 to two, 100 to nothing. Now there are so many party line votes, it, it, it gets frustrating. It truly does. But you know, I, I learned a long time ago one thing, and I. I try to preach this to the young delegates when they come on, if you have an issue that is so divisive, and regardless of who's in power, uh, whether the Democrats have the majority or the Republicans have the majority, but if you have an an issue that is so divisive that you can't get one person from the minority party to vote for it, you probably have have an issue that needs a lot of work, Uh, and, and it probably shouldn't be discussed at that point in time. But that doesn't seem to be the norm anymore. It just seems to be, you know, let's get 51 votes uh, in the House and let's get 18 in the Senate and let's, let's move on. And, and, and I don't like that. I mean, you know, I like to get up, and you guys know I like to, you know, speak, and, and I give <laughs> some fiery speeches at times. But the truth of the matter is I'd rather we all get in a room and, and, and resolve things and, and try to do what's best for West Virginia and I hope that we do tone it down some and try to uh, try to uh, bring some normalcy back to uh, to the to the uh, the actions of the House and the Senate. My
3: my question for you is a two-parter here. The first piece right. being, what do you think are some of the specific challenges facing the 13th district? And then the next piece being, why why do you want to make the move from a senatorial point of view versus a delegate point of view to help face those challenges?
4: Well, I think my experience, uh, number one, will help me in the Senate. I'm not starting out new. I, I know the process. I know most of the district. I used to run in some in Monongahela County before the last round of redistricting. Uh, I was... Uh, I ran in, in parts like the Evertsville, Arnesville, Hagen's area, uh, Smithtown. So so I've had some experience in Mon. I've never had any experience in the downtown. But I think I'm up for that challenge. Uh, you know, I met with Dr. Gee yesterday. I reached out to him. I want to learn more about the uh, the university and, and the healthcare systems there. And, and I want to partner with people uh, and, and keep North Central West Virginia growing. We've adopted a theme, let's take North Central to the next level. And that's what I want to do. But you can't do that, uh, Sarah, in my opinion, with continuing down the path of extremely divisive of a divisive nature. Uh, you know, my, my thought process is we've really got to try to tone it down and work on this and, and get with the business community and get with the labor community and try to, you know, try to do what's best for uh, for everyone. Here. That's what we need to do. So.
2: We're talking to uh, Marion County Delegate Mike Caputo going to be running for the state senate coming up in 2020. Of course, you have a legislative session coming up. all oh, I guess we can, in a few weeks at this point, yeah, Mike. Yeah, it's uh, right around the corner. Yeah. W- what's on your plate as you guys head back to Charleston next month?
4: Well, finances first and foremost, always. You know, when you've been there a long time, that that always. You know, everybody brings a lot of ideas to the table, but you know, you can't do any of it if you can't balance. Budget. That's what we're constitutionally required to do. So that's always first and foremost on my plate, making sure we take care of the state's finances, taxpayer money, uh, and doing the right thing. You know, I, uh, I want to continue what, you know, the path that, that I've always had. I just, I like looking out for people and protecting workers and, and doing what I can. And, and I pride myself on constituent services as well. You know, a lot of people lose sight of what happens after we leave town for those 60 days. You know, we get literally hundreds of calls with problems that people have from a pothole to uh, a DHHR problem, and I've always did my best to uh, return phone calls and try to walk uh, my constituents through those type of problems and try to, uh, because it gets frustrating, as you know, when it gets overwhelming, you think, oh, this red tape is just, you know, I can't deal with this. So that's when usually I get a call, or one of the representatives get a call. We try to we try to help them with that, and I've always proud of myself on that as well.
2: Talking to Delegate uh, Mike Caputo again, he is running for the Senate seat uh, being opened up with Roman Preziosis. I hate to call it a retirement, that Mike. He, he's not running for well, re-election. I, I hardly would call Roman retired.
4: You will love this. I uh, Roman said. Please don't tell anybody else I'm retiring. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. What do you want me to say? He said, please tell him I'm just not seeking re-election for the Senate. I still got some public service in me, and I may do something. I said, you know, totally understand. I I just never thought about it. So, yeah, I've been very careful lately to say Roman is not retiring. He's just not seeking re-election to the Senate. That's a great point. I believe we'll see him somewhere down the road in, mm. in a capacity helping people. He's a, great, he's a great public servant. He truly is. You know, He, he's, uh, he is uh, a, a guy who knows the budget uh, budgetary process inside and out. He's probably chaired more major committees than anybody in the history of, of the legislature. So he's, uh, he's a well-informed uh, and well-educated uh, legislator. We're going to miss him, quite frankly. There's no question.
2: Mike, Mike, what re-energizes you year after year? You got elected to the House, I think, first year was 1996. So what, what keeps you going back year after year after year? Because I think everyone down there will tell you at the end of 60 Days, you're, you're pretty well worn out. You talked about the phone calls. What, what re-energizes you?
4: You know, it's just a love for public service. You know, I've, you know, I've always just tried to be the guy to help other people. And I don't know whether the good Lord gifted me with that or what, but I mean, even when I was back at the coal mine, you know, I was the go-to guy. I was the, you know, guy who handled the grievances. I was the guy who tried to work out the problems between the, you know, uh, the local union and management. I would just always, you know, I don't know how that happened, to be honest with you, but that it's always kind of been my forte. I always say, good Lord blessed us all with something. And maybe that's what what I was blessed with. But just have a passion for people I, I do i mean i put my own life on the shelf many many times and my wife tina could attest to this you know i missed a lot of things at home out trying to help other people and but that's just that's just me i have a passion for it and and i hope i you know uh, you know I, I hope i do some good for some folks so that's what keeps me energized just looking at the folks and and people you know encourage me to, to keep going back and, and you know, I've led the ticket in Marion County. I won my first election in 1996 by 10 votes. And I mean, it was a squeaker and my opponent called a recount. I mean, it was it was uh, gut wrenching. But after that, uh, they gave me an opportunity and I have led the ticket of a three delegate district for the last 11 elections. So they have confidence in me, obviously. Uh, you know, so so that certainly energizes you, you know, if you if you see your vote count going down, you start thinking, well, maybe maybe it's time for me to move on. They're losing faith and they're losing confidence in me or they want someone else. But that hasn't been the case. Uh, fortunately, I've been very blessed in, in my elections in County. So that that's probably the key that keeps me energizing the support I have from my district.
3: Now, we kind of talked on here about the fact that you are seasoned in public service. Do you think that there is a value to having all of that experience under your belt? Because, you know, I I think that the obvious answer is yes. But be specific. Why do you think it's important that you've kind of you've been around through this legislative process?
4: Well, you learn the ins and outs Sarah. I mean, it's just like anything. The first time you sat in front of that microphone, you was probably as uncomfortable as you could be. And I remember the first time I walked into that Capitol, I said, what the hell did I get myself into here? I mean, you know, this this is out of my league. I can't deal with this. I don't know. But, you know, you get more into a comfort zone. And and I've always been fortunate about building relationships and building friendships. And and that has a lot to do with, uh, you know, the legislative process. You have to form good relationships, and you have to have people that's willing to say, yeah, I got some respect for this legislator and you know i want to hear what he or she has to say and and maybe you know maybe i'm a little off here but maybe we can work together you know because we like each other and that's what we're we're missing a lot of now it's just like we don't like each other much anymore it's just like you know we we don't even want to go have dinner together sometimes we just get to fight all day and when we get done at night we just want to go our separate ways and we've got to get back to that we just absolutely have to get back to that because it, it's that's what the people of West Virginia want. That's what I want and, and uh and that's what makes good policy for West Virginia. It's not dividing labor and business. I mean I've been a labor guy my whole life. I'm not going to deny that. I'll never never hide behind that. But I've always been one to know that without business you can't have labor. And without labor you can't have business. So why just you know, try to get along and, and and work together and find something we can all live with and grow West Virginia? That's what we need to focus on.
2: Delegate Mike Caputo running for the state Senate. Mike, we will uh, talk many times uh, after the first of the year once the session gets cranked up. In the meantime, enjoy the holidays, and uh, we'll talk soon.
4: Merry Christmas to you guys, and Merry Christmas to all your listeners out there. Thanks for having me on. I so much appreciate it.
2: Appreciate the time. Delegate Mike Caputo running for the state Senate. Uh, Marion County Senator running for the Senate seat that will be opened up when Roman Prezioso does not run for re-election. He's not (laughs) retiring. Got a lot left in him. All right, 919. Got to get our first break in. We'll chat after this, Dave and Sarah.
1: Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town on WAJR.
2: Morgantown City Councilman Ron Delaney going to join us 10 minutes from now. We'll talk homelessness, how to address it in the city of Morgantown. We've been talking about it on this program, well, at least in this latest iteration for six months now, Sarah? Yeah, About six months. I'd say. Uh, you heard Mike Caputo talk about it. You've heard other lawmakers talking about it. you got to end the divisiveness, right? got to get away from having this these uh, polarizing conversations. Funny he mentions that. I found an article this morning as I was uh, doing my show prep, Sarah, uh, from the USA Today. Americans are united on this, the article says. They are sick and tired of being so divided. Uh, the inaugural Public Agenda USA Today poll finds the divisive national debate over just about everything has convinced many that the country is headed in the wrong direction. By overwhelming margins, those surveys said national leaders, social media, and the news media, that's us, have exacerbated and exaggerated those divisions, sometimes for their own benefit and to the detriment of ordinary people. Nine out of ten coming to that conclusion. Now, the poll went on, Sarah, though. Those surveyed had a sunny view of their own lives. 87% (laughs) said they were headed in the right direction, And had a positive view of their community, but only 28% said the country as a whole was headed in the right direction.
3: So we need to get on their side. Yes. But each person thinks that. Yes.
2: You end divisiveness (laughs) by agreeing with me. That's how you end divisiveness. Uh, Yep. Yep. That's where we're headed. By the way, can somebody explain? We're going to have an open line. Okay. Anything goes Friday tomorrow, right, Sarah? Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So we'll talk about anything you want to talk about coming up on tomorrow's show. I got a homework assignment because I don't get it. All right. And we'll have some open lines later in the show as well. Well, somebody explain to me what the controversy is over the Peloton commercial. Ah. Uh. I'm driving home yesterday and I'm flipping through the radio and I listen to sports talk and, and news talk and whatnot. And, and I'm hearing them talk about this divisive Peloton commercial mm. and the poor girl in the Peloton commercial. I'm missing something. I'm not sure what I'm missing here. Mm. You know which one I'm talking about, right? I do husband gets the wife a peloton for christmas mm-hmm. i want to know i just can somebody explain it to me i was very upset with that last with a craftsman commercial where the wife gets the husband a whole new socket set what's up with that <laughs> that's that's just sexist
3: i the reason i'm kind of keeping my mouth shut is that we own a gym and so i want to i'm not impartial on this subject I,
2: what what's the contra or they, is it because the husband got the wife a A stationary bike
3: that seems to my understanding of it is that um you've got a presumably husband or partner of some sort a man purchasing for the woman in the relationship a a a bike for physical fitness yeah and what i've seen on the social medias is that it's suggesting that she's not you know Good the way she is, and that he's saying, if you want to stay with me, you're gonna have to lose weight. And then she—it shows her through a montage, kind of working very hard to consistently be biking, and and it's just sending the wrong message that you have to bike to keep a man. And I—they got all that
2: out of thirty seconds. And,
3: and honestly, that it's personally not at all how I take that. But I'm just—I
2: totally—I was missing it. I got home yesterday and I asked my wife, I said, have you seen this, this Peloton thing? She just looked at me and went, no. What is it? I had to explain it. Apparently I've missed something. Sarah's mad.
3: I'm not mad. I just, I I think that, I don't know. I, I, oh, it's so loaded for me. I don't think that wanting, let's assume (laughs) that this is their life, because they seem to have a child in here. Let's assume it is a husband and wife scenario. It's
2: only 30 seconds. I don't
3: think that it is a bad thing for your significant other to purchase something for you that can help you live a healthier life together. Potentially a longer, happier life together. I think there could be some romance to that because they're saying, I care about you. I want you to be healthy because I want to keep you around longer because I stinkin' like you. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I think that's okay. Did
2: anybody consider the wife's been drop, dropping drop hands? Yeah, that she's been asking uh,
3: for this for a year. Boy,
2: it'd be nice to have one of those
3: Pelotons.
2: <laughs> you know, the husband's sitting over there in the corner <sighs> going, and oh. It finally dawns on him.
3: Yeah. I'm just. It's about, I, I think it's about celebrating wellness. And, you know, she gets this gift, which is, frankly, probably a very expensive it indoor is. bike. I don't know. I didn't look it up. It is. And she gets this amazing gift and, uh, I don't know, um, can help make her healthy. I think it's a nice thing, hey. but, but again, I'm not impartial.
2: Did I, did I mention that 9 in 10 Americans want to end the
3: right. divisive <laughs> national
2: debate? <laughs> yeah, you do. Sure you do. Uh, and you get offended over a uh, Peloton commercial. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Duluth trading commercial on the monitor right now. That highly offends me.
3: Mhm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I it, it just seems so absurd to me.
2: Well, of course it's absurd. Well, and
3: here's, you know what? If I want to get real You've only I got just don't have time. 30 seconds. You don't get offended by any of the commercials where we're we're handing over all of the food and <sighs> junk that could possibly, Uh-oh. you know. I, we I'm we just go. serious. If you're going to look, you can't cherry pick.
2: Here we go. Now I got her worked up. Ron Delaney's sitting back going, uh-oh, Dave got Sarah worked up.
3: Nah, you do. What I, get, am I I thinking? get worked up about health and wellness because I think it's important, and I think in our state we should focus on a little bit more.
2: All right.
3: Peloton that being said, it's 930. <laughs>
2: Let's get a news update. I'm going to grab a donut, uh, check in with the Metro News anchor to ask, <laughs> find out what's happening all across the great state of West Virginia. <laughs>
0: Virginia Metro News, I'm Shauna Johnson. Some new snows on the ground to start this Thursday in communities in the northern mountains. A couple of inches in some cases say meteorologists with the National Weather Service. The county school systems running on delays today because of the weather are Pendleton, Pocahontas, Preston, Randolph, and Tucker. A video of a deer kill in Boone County circulating on social media is leading to citations for a blooming rose man. And Division of Natural Resources police officer Dakota and tells Metro News the penalty Emmett Eastep's facing could be enhanced because of the size of the buck he allegedly killed by shooting across a road right after a vehicle passed through the line of fire.
5: It had a 17 and a half inside spread. I believe it scored 169 if I remember right.
0: The buck has been seized. Members of Congress are hearing from West Virginia Agriculture Commissioner Kent Leonhart as members of the U.S. Senate and U.S. House weigh the possible creation of a federal task force focused on chronic wasting disease in deer and elk.
4: I believe the establishment of a CWD task force is a measure that is long overdue. There is a lot of concern surrounding CWD, especially from our many sportsmen as well as our captive served farmers.
0: The commissioner testified Wednesday on Capitol Hill. Coverage of the Super Six high school football championship game starts tomorrow night here on the Metro News Radio Network and on the Metro News Channel at wvmetronews.com. You're listening to Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
2: The holidays are here, and Chick-fil-A is the easy choice for irresistible food for any holiday occasion. The options are endless at Chick-fil-A with hot nuggets or strips trays, grilled chicken cool wraps, salads, cookies, and more. Everything you need to make your party the most memorable event of the year. Let Chick-fil-A take the stress out of your holiday party planning. Call your local Chick-fil-A restaurant or visit online at Chick-fil-A.com. Happy holidays from your local West Virginia Chick-fil-A restaurants.
1: You never have to wait and find out what's up with the Mountaineers anymore. It's a new world when it comes to getting the information you want when you want it Ah, the beauty of a podcast. Hi, it's Tony Caridi inviting you to join Hoppy Kerchival, Brad Howe, and me for Three Guys Before the Game. We preview and review every game, and what's best is we do it on your schedule. Watch us on wvmetronews.com or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. It is Three Guys Before the Game, before and after every Mountaineer game.
0: Some celebration at the State Department of Revenue. Now that West Virginia is locked in an interest rate of less than 3% on the latest round of bonds. Sold to fund road projects, part of the Roads to Prosperity program. Here's State Revenue Secretary Dave Hardy.
4: This is exciting time. This is very, very historically low interest rates, and the Department of Highways is working really hard to get these projects under contract and get them out.
0: Upwards of $746 million could be available for road projects in the coming weeks. From the Metro News Anchor Desk, I'm Shauna Johnson.
1: Listen to the Talk of the Town podcast anytime,
2: anywhere, online at WAJR.com. Uh-oh, conspiracy theories are flying here during the break. What did you
3: just say, Sarah? I blamed the Russians.
5: (laughs) We will will conquer the Peloton. Peloton.
3: Uh, no, I wonder if it's actually a very brilliant marketing campaign on their part. If they started the controversy themselves Ooh. because... Have you ever talked about Peloton before this year? Uh, No. Turns out I've heard it probably every day this week. Yeah. I have never. And I work in the fitness industry outside hey, of this.
2: I'll tell you this. There are Telling husbands you. across the country right now going, that ain't a bad idea. <laughs> Because it is December 5th, and I guarantee, because I'm one of them, there are husbands all over the country right now going,
3: I need something. I got got nothing. I have
2: no idea. Ah, Peloton. I digress. Uh, Boy, we got several texts rolling in. We'll get to some of those uh, coming up. Oh, boy. (laughs) Either Peloton or Mike Caputo. Okay, we'll get some of those coming up as well. Uh, bottom, uh, well, we're at the bottom of the hour a little bit later in the uh, second half of the show here Joining us right now, Morgantown City Councilman Ron Delaney We've been talking about homelessness on this program uh, At least in it, th- this current conversation that we've continued I think we started back in July uh, And that started with regards to Clarksburg And we've talked about it in Clarksburg and Fairmont And joining us to talk about it in Morgantown is City Councilman Ron Delaney Good morning, Ron Hey,
5: good morning.
2: How are you? Uh, doing well. Have you finished off Thanksgiving leftovers yet?
5: Yes, and uh, my my wife is a marathon runner, and I think I'm going
2: to be getting the Peloton. <laughs> be careful. You don't want to send the wrong message. Right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> be careful. Hey, Ron, um, well, I want to go a couple of different directions with this conversation uh, when it comes to the city and trying to address or starting to address a couple of problems with regards to homelessness here in Morgantown, but specifically... I know that you have been talking with uh, business owners and other stakeholders in downtown for for a while now. What have you been doing behind the scenes? Uh, I don't want to say privately, because, you know, as a city councilman, you put everything out there. But what what have you been doing to try to get a get a handle on what kind of issues downtown Morgantown specifically is facing?
5: Yeah, I guess I've really, you know, I've been interested in downtown and downtown redevelopment, and revitalization. And I guess, Um, this specific issue really caught my attention about a year ago um, uh, now. And it really started uh, with business owners on Wall Street, um, uh, Walnut Street, sending me photographs and basically going, isn't there something the city can do about this? And, um, you know, I think we were all struggling with how does the the city respond? How do we deal with this as a community? Um, But it just, at that point, I guess, It was just coming to uh, uh, public consciousness across the community. Um, So the first thing that that I did was uh, reached out uh, Main Street, Morgantown, um, and uh, LJ Giuliani, and uh, we sat down with these business owners and tried to understand where they were coming from and and sort of what their concerns were. And one of the things that became clear to us in that meeting was that it didn't seem like there was a – didn't seem like there was a clear channel of communication between the businesses and the social service agencies on Walnut. So then we facilitated a sit-down meeting with those groups that was very constructive and there were some action items that came out of that. Um, And I think um, there was a feeling that, okay, as a community, especially there on Walnut Street, we can sort of figure this out and iron it out. Um, Inevitably, um, things, uh, things, you know, uh, things probably didn't develop as quickly as possible, sort of organically there. Um, I also had a, had, a, had opportunities to work with Colleen Langford there at uh, Christian Health, who's located there. And um, and then there was uh, Gigi Villarreal, who is, uh, was just relocated to Morgantown and was um, fundamental uh, in the revitalization of the entertainment district in, in Austin as an entrepreneur there. She also has some healthcare background. And so we really just informally began to say how can we how can we maybe light a fire here what how can we uh, we began to discuss the issue and figure out how can we begin to maybe mobilize folks and how can we um, come up with a process where we can as a community begin to approach this uh, in a coordinated and comprehensive way and so we began to develop a, a, a process at that point it really wasn't a plan but it was a process um, and we sort of thought through it and we were each are sort of kind of tapped into different resources and different uh, stakeholders within the community. So as we were doing this, we were doing outreach with those folks and, and trying to get folks on board and trying to get support for this. Uh, an election happened during that time and Councilor Cruz and Councilor Harshbarger came on board. They've been engaged in this um, and they uh, supported the initial proposal that I made to council in terms of how we might move forward. And. Uh, that's sort of where we were when going into that October October 11th meeting that we had.
3: Okay, so that leads you up to there. Now, I, I'm kind of trying to jump around timeline here. Obviously, there was a presentation at the most recent Committee of the Whole meeting from City Manager Paul Brake. And what he did is he shared the work plan to address homelessness and addiction. Can you just then... Based off of the experience that you've had over the past, you know, year plus, and then coming now to this work plan that was presented by the city manager, how do these things align? How do you, I guess, just what are your initial thoughts on the work plan?
5: So, you know, I, I I was disappointed that that what what I brought to council didn't get more traction, but you know, that's the way it goes uh, in politics and and being a, a member of a body. And we we cast as, as a as a council, we cast. Uh, manager break with coming up with a work plan and gave him a month and a half to do it. And when we did that, I made the plea publicly in that meeting, please, you know, please let us help you. Um, Most, if not all of us on council are working on some piece of this. We have different relationships with different stakeholders in the community. Let us basically inform this process um, with you. I did. I did meet with Manager Brake. It was toward the end of, of of that period where he was developing this. Uh, the, the the small uh, discussion group that I've been working with uh, sat down with him. asked for a meeting with him, sat down with him, and and shared what we've done and who we've talked to, and and um, and again, just said, hey, we want this to work, you know, and we don't necessarily want any credit. We just we've done this work. Please take it. Please use it. Um, so to be quite honest, the work plan that was presented, I and mean, we also said, you know what, we're going to hold this. We're going to, you know, let's, let's see what comes out, and uh, we'll move forward from there. And so to be frank, when it came out, I was, I was, I was disappointed, frankly, because I didn't, for, for, for several reasons. One was I didn't see in that plan that came forward a meaningful integration of work that was already being done in the community by me, other counselors and others. And I also felt like it wasn't truly a work plan. I felt like it lacked clarity. I felt like it was not um, that it was not being proposed in a timely manner. Um, and I frankly I got a bit frustrated and and um, and I have been critical of it in, in that way. Yeah.
3: And I'm gonna caveat all of this by saying and, and a lot of our listeners know this, but I have worked here locally in Montegalli and Preston counties with the United Way, and I think that's important for me to say out loud because I I guess I have some perhaps more knowledge than a lot of people would just because I worked in that. Um, But I found personally, and and I guess I'm just echoing what you just said, I found personally it frustrating that this plan, which took 45 days to put together, seemed to A, not include information on resources that already exist – quite a few of them, as a matter of fact. And B, some of the information was completely outdated. Some of the resources that were listed in there. And I know that because I was working in social services here in the time when some of those organizations, one in particular comes to mind that shut down. So I I was just very confused about where information was coming from, why it took so long to get it. And then when looking at the timeline, it breaks things down into basically three-month increments. At the end of it, I never see anything in the text that suggests something will be executed. It seems to me that it's a plan to plan. And I I was frustrated by the lack of clear measurable execution. And again, these are I guess these aren't questions. I'm just sharing with you Ron no, my I, opinion.
5: I think that's a legitimate um, concern and I think in some ways and again, I, I I'd rather, you know, I know that because I've been publicly critical it's a fair question to ask why I think so I don't but I don't want to dwell on on that criticism I'd really kind of rather focus on how we can make it better but 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 to reinforce your point and kind of um, exemplify part of my frustration I think you're exactly right and it starts at the very beginning of the memo and um, first of all I think that the title of the work plan is limited it's not as comprehensive as it, it, it does not reflect the level of uh, of, of, of how, it does not reflect how comprehensive the problem is. But then the introductory sentence identify a process to formulate solutions to for the growing problems related to homelessness. It's it, I think the language could be much more direct, right? So if this is a if, if this work plan is to is to develop a process, I don't think we want to formulate solutions. I think we want to achieve solutions. We want to solve the problem. Right. So it's, I, I find that I think that the, the document itself would be much stronger if it was much more concise. And, yes, I agree that measurable, clear measurable outcomes would be part of that sort of revision.
2: Talking to Morgantown City Councilman Ron Delaney. Ron, I, I view this as two separate but connected issues. You have the immediate problems of, of bad or, or criminal behavior that are hurting downtown businesses. And you have the long-term problems of you know the systemic issues what is what are the causes how can we address this from a long term perspective a little bit of a loaded question but in your opinion how do we address short term and how do we begin to address long term issues so that we're not talking about this hopefully or at least we we you know can put a dent in the problem 10 years from now 20 years from now
5: well honestly i think that we can we can have um clear outcomes clear measurable outcomes and again you know one of the kind of test bridges for this are smart goals right goals that are specific measurable achievable realistic and timely and i think that um i think that people in our community understand what the challenges are um and i think the key is to is to tap into uh, those people that are on the ground and in in various um areas of need right and i think those include uh, law enforcement, laws and policies. Um, there is certainly a public relation problem. So I think that the issues downtown, I think the short-term issues are have to do with, again, the bad behavior mm-hmm. and the chronic, those who are chronically behaving badly downtown, if not illegally. And I think that there's also an erosion of sort of public trust downtown. And there's a lot of good things happening downtown that are being overshadowed by this. So that's where I think that the public relations becomes important. And that's one of the tasks that came out of the uh, um, initiatives that that the county commission, under Tom's leadership, has has taken on as well. So there's already a group working on that through that initiative of the county commission. I think the longer-term issues, you know, health care, which includes both addiction and other mental <laughs> disorders, life skills, housing, and then the things that really make housing sustainable, like transportation and and uh, and and jobs. Right. Uh, all of those things are important. I think, I believe, and and the plan that actually wasn't truly a plan at that point, but the process I think we could come up with smart goals around each of these things within a couple of months and actually begin to begin to take actions on each of these things. I do agree that I think that the the things that are most immediately within the city's control are the law enforcement issues and public relations obviously when we get into those other subject areas um you know, the city can't solve those problems, and those are longer-term problems. But I think that we can be making progress towards those within a couple of months rather than in a year.
2: Ron, we're, we are quickly running out of time, as we usually do, because we have to make way for Hoppy here in a little bit. Uh, look forward to having more conversations about this as we uh, continue to move forward. And if we don't talk to you between now and later, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy yeah. New Year's, all the above. Thank you. You too. All all right. Right. Morgantown City Councilman Ron Delaney,
0: back after this.
1: You're listening to the talk of the town on WAJR.
2: Went a little long there with City Councilman Ron Delaney, but it's a good discussion. We'll have open lines all day tomorrow. That's a little bit of a misnomer. At least for an hour, we'll have open lines. Uh, For Anything Goes Friday, uh, 800 765 Talk, 800 765 8255 304 Talk 304 is the text line. Let's go ahead and get the final break in, Sarah. And we'll uh, read a few of the texts that have rolled in, including. A shout out to the DOH? Hmm. Question mark? (laughs) We'll do that in it. Now, back to the Talk of the Town on WAJR. Got a couple of minutes left in the show. How about a little primer before anything goes Friday, Sarah? Okay. We've got some text rolling in. Give the DOH a shout-out. I just drove Route 7 to Mason Town, and there are no potholes. And they are currently cleaning the ditches before winter sets in. All right. Nice job, DOH. We're critical of you. But nice job. No potholes. Um, Text into the show, referring to our interview with Mike Caputo. He's so full of it. They never worked across the aisle. Never. They being apparently the Democrats. They have wailed like children about compromise since 2014, more than the previous 70 years combined. What he wants is to go back to the majority. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, it's no fun being on the other side. Uh, another text in the show, I agree that politics are more divisive now than ever, but isn't it convenient that Miley Caputo and other Democrats are suddenly bemoaning partisan politics now that they are no longer in control in Charleston? Uh, thinking face emoji. Is that what that is? The little guy under the hand or his chin?
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: let's see. Talking about Peloton. What a crock. Most people tell their mate what they want for Christmas. Some people have too much time on their hands. Agreed. Do you just tell Mr. GOC, hey, this is what I want? Or do you expect him to? Or or is he Mr.? I mean, he's Mr. Christmas anyway.
3: He's Mr. Christmas, and what I tell him every year, and this isn't me just making it up, please don't spend money on me. Rather pay off something. (laughs) Do
2: you mean it? Yes. Okay.
3: Because I'm the one that that stays up at night because, you know, I keep all my little goals. Yeah. And I like to pay off a certain amount. Mm. And and I think, ooh, if we don't buy Christmas presents, we can take that money out of that budget and put it towards student loans or, you know, whatever. Pay off the house sooner because that's my fun. That's my my joy (laughs) is paying things off.
2: (laughs) Final text. Wonderful initiative to address homelessness in Morgantown, but totally ineffective to address issues downtown since behavior is the problem, not homelessness. Well, Ron's now out. He's a doer. No doers allowed on city council. Anything goes Friday. Coming up tomorrow, your text calls and tweets. Hoppy's next.